KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Pat Loeb. I'm going to take my mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toward the end of each December, I sit down with Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney and ask him to reflect on the year that just passed. 2021 was another doozy. Not as bad as 2020 in many ways. There was a vaccine for COVID-19 this year, and there was federal money to help balance the budget. But there were also a record number of homicides, a near record of overdose deaths, and continuing challenges to city services. I asked the mayor what grade he'd give himself this year. Like a report card, you'd grade yourself in different areas. I mean, uh, if I grade myself on expanding pre-K by 4,000 more seats, that's an A+. Uh, If we grade ourselves on violent crime, um, I would probably say a C, C, you know, maybe C+. Um, Grades are are somewhat subjective. Um, there There are certain areas of frustration that I have and continue to have. And why I get frustrated is because, to a large degree, I'm responsible. We're all re- all the government's responsible for stuff we can't control. And one of the most frustrating things I see driving on 95 are two big billboards that say "Gun Show, December 17th and 19th, Oaks and Trooper, come buy more guns." And I can't stop the billboard, and I can't stop Clear Channel from promoting that, and I can't stop the gun show from happening. Uh, And I also can't stop people from acquiring military-style weapons, like the guy who killed a co-worker at Jefferson Hospital, uh, from getting a a semi-automatic handgun and an AR-15. And that's my frustration. Uh, Taking 6,000 guns, more than 6,000 guns off the street by the end of the year, 4,000 arrests for carrying, you know, uh, illegally carrying a weapon, Uh, police are working their tails off. Uh, And... um, it's, that's a frustration. Um, when I think about the Afghans, you know, 36, 40,000 Afghans coming through Philadelphia, I tear up and, and get emotional because like, we're like Ellis Island here. Um, and those, those things are ex- exciting. When I think about the level of vaccinations that we've, we've been able to distribute and get people vaccinated, the, the lack of racial disparity in our vaccination numbers I'm very proud, and I thank, again, I thank the Black Doctors Consortium every day. When I get up, I pray for them, uh, that they're helping us keep people of color vac- get vaccinated, um, and, uh, and we're not doing as bad as other parts of the country. So it's, it's, a, it's a roller coaster of stuff. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's just tough. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the more pedestrian services that the city offers, trash collection. Well, trash collection, we were in a period of time um, not too long ago where we had 600 people calling out sick a day. Um, During the height of the pandemic, we had people not going to work, staying home, generating more trash, doing things around the house like projects that they put off because now they had time to do. So in addition to picking up trash bags, we were picking up carpeting. We were picking up lumber. We were picking up stuff that was, you know, larger bulk items. Uh, which slowed everybody down, wore out the sanitation workers. Sanitation workers were getting sick, and we're we're back pretty much on track, with, with the exception of a couple, few areas. We have a, a good contract now with the a fair contract and a good contract with um, with District Council 33, 47, the FOP, firefighters, um, and um, and the teachers. Uh, so I'm proud of you know treating our workers with the respect they deserve, uh, and everybody's working hard. Uh, sometimes things. Go sideways, and that's just the part of part of government. And and you feel like you've gotten them back on track. 
we're I mean, from what I've been seeing, we're in the 80 percentage points in most neighborhoods in the city. Uh, we we do sometimes re mix recyclables and, and trash in an effort to get you know back on track. But when you have that many people calling out sick every day uh, and you can't hire people, it's not even like, you know, I can take people who are using sick abuse and get rid of them uh, and then hire a whole bunch of people because nobody wants to Nobody wants to do anything anymore. Uh, you can't get people to be police officers, sanitation workers. You can't get people to work in restaurants. It's 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 a whole change in mental dynamics that I can't I can't force to change. We have to figure out ways to adapt. There are you know people around the city with the impression that you don't do anything. I, I mean I'm sure you've heard this right. <laughs> oh you know can't get the trash picked up. Well, the trash is getting picked up. I, as I said. The, the period of time where the trash was off, off schedule was when we had an average of 600 employees a day calling out sick. Now, I can't physically go to each of their homes and drag them out by the hair and make them go to work. Um, so, I mean, it's just everybody's angry. Everybody's mad. Everybody's got a negative opinion about everything. So I can't, I can't fix that other than keep on moving forward. Well, that was my point, <laughs> not about they're talking about what you can do about it. Do you feel like your message is getting out? Um, I think that, and I don't mean this in any way offensive to the media, but I think the media in general would rather report the negative than the positive, and that's something you just have to live with. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, what my message is we're doing our best every single day uh, to serve people, I mean, to keep our rec centers open, our out-of-school time programs going. We fed literally hundreds of thousands of people during the course of the of the pandemic. Our population's growing, so I guess somebody is happy. I mean, maybe native Philadelphians aren't as happy as other people, but people are moving into the city. We're retaining more of our, our, our college population. We have a development that's going hog wild uh, when it comes to new residential and commercial development. We have companies moving into the city. Giant just opened its fourth store. Uh, so, I mean, there must be people who have a positive attitude about the city, and, and uh, if you look at the data, it, it's pretty clear. Do you think there's anything you could do to break through the negativity? I mean, do you think that your own kind of humility or hubris is, is contributing to maybe a false impression that the the city isn't? I, mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with being humble. I mean, I mean, I I'm not a self promoter. Ed Rendell told me that he that he told me I was the wor worst self promoter he's ever met, and I think that's an endearing quality and a, and a positive. Uh, I am not, it's not all about me. Uh, it's about all of us working together. I've said this from day one when I was out campaigning in 2015 and people say, what are you going to do about X, Y, and Z? What are we going to do about it? It's not, it's not one person that's going to, that's going to make that a total difference in every problem that we face. Um, I care. It bothers me. I have trouble sleeping at night because I worry about people's health and safety. Um, and all I can do is be myself. I'm not going to magically change my personality uh, in, in the next two years. Um, and if people, I mean, I, I, I won two elections with over 80% of the vote. I mean, I don't know what else I can judge that on. Um, I mean, it's not like I squeaked through two elections. I mean, I had 80% of the vote in, bo in both elections. So uh, somebody voted for me. Somebody likes the job I'm doing. Uh, and, and, I, and I judge myself for the way, um, especially African-American women treat me. Uh, when I'm out, it's a lot of love. It's a lot of encouragement. Um, you know, some white men are, aren't as encouraging, and but that's what white men are these days. You have had maybe the, the hardest job of any mayor in, I don't know, let's say, <laughs> yeah, maybe ever, but yeah, ever. Yeah, I, let's say f like 
50 years. There have been been difficult times, but it wasn't multifaceted difficult times. I mean, A. Rendell came in in 1992 with a fiscal crisis. It wasn't a multiple-layer crisis. I mean, Michael Nutter dealt with a, a, a recession in a, you know, during a period of time, and that was a difficult time, too. I mean, we had pandemic, civil unrest, recession, guns, you know, I mean, you, you could... President Trump. President Trump. <laughs> and that wasn't, that wasn't easy. I mean, you know, we had to fight him tooth and nail every day on everything, on, on ICE, on, on um, sharing information about people who may have been undocumented or, or immigrants. Um, I mean, they, they were fight after fight after fight. And, and then the election. I mean, it was the most tumultuous election maybe in the country's history. Uh, and we conducted it in a way that the best, that the result that was supposed to happen happened. Uh, and it was a fair and honest election. And we even had, you know, Al Schmidt, God bless him, a Republican city commissioner who did the right thing and stood up and, and stood up for democracy. Um, so, I mean, I'm very proud of that, of that period of time. So, look, you can find, especially in Philadelphia, you can find people who want to complain about everything and there's nothing that's ever right for them. And that's just the way their life is. Uh, but, I mean, I, I can only do what I can do every day as a human being uh, and do my best, which is what I've done. Yeah, but this, this incredibly difficult period that you've been overseeing, um, has it taken a toll? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's taken a toll on me mentally it's taken a toll on, on my stress level again on my sleeping habits um on my interaction with people sometimes i i people think you're somewhat like aloof but sometimes you just don't want to you don't want to encounter people because you don't know what their actions are going to be I mean, i've had people you know give me a hard time in restaurants i mean i've had people pick at my home pick at my fiance's home uh, with guns it, you know it's not it's not been normal you know we've had difficult things that that we've had to go through. We've had, you know, kind of cultural war clashes with the Rizzo statue and the Columbus statue and the, this parade and that. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's all kinds of distractions that I think the chaos was in the, in the pot kind of boiling and then the election of Trump just sent it over the edge. So are you looking forward to the next two years? Yeah. I mean, we have a lot to do. We have, we have, I think we're hoping again, Omicron, you know, beside, I think we're starting to, to emerge from this. We're getting back to some normal activities. I think we had to have having a terrific holiday season. Uh, downtown is packed. Our tree lighting, our Christmas, our holiday parade, Christmas parade uh, was well attended and, and well and well enjoyed. Yeah. I'm looking forward to finishing up on a positive note. We've have uh, uh, for example, in our rebuild projects, we have like 68 out of 70 projects either completed or in progress. Uh, we're, we're rebuilding libraries and parks and, and, and recreation centers. Um, I mean, there's a lot of positive, positive things going on. Our pensions are going to be, you know, are still on track to be 80% funded by 2032. We have a lot of positive things coming coming forward. And, um, you know, unha- I'm, I'm not thrilled that we had to go through the two years or so we went through, but it is what it is. So you think the next two years? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the, with the, with the virus. I don't know what's going to happen with our people's attitudes towards each other. I mean, I don't understand why a you know a nineteen or twenty year old person uh, would kill someone based on what somebody else said about them on social media. I mean, I, I I could never even begin to understand that psychology or how to approach that psychology. I mean, you know, I've had maybe in my lifetime as a youth uh, a half a dozen, ten fistfights. Um, most of those folks wound up being friends. Uh, none, none of us decided we were going to go get a gun and kill each other. 
Um, so, and I wouldn't even know where to get a gun when I was 16 or 17 years old anyway. Uh, now it seems like there is easier to get than, as I say, in Pennsylvania, it's easier to get a gun than a driver's license. There is one challenge uh, in the last year that I don't know if anybody else registered, but um, the federal government in the Doherty and Heenan case, it seemed like they tried to undercut the the good intention or the incredible success of the soda tax. I mean, this I don't under I don't I can't speak for the motivations of the federal government. The case turned out the way the case turned out, and the jury and the rendered a verdict, and the verdict you know the verdict is what it is. Um, and um, you know the government did their job, the defense attorneys did their job, the judge and jury did their job, and the results are what the results are. I think the beverage tax has done a tremendous amount of good. I think it's been extremely successful. It's allowed us to, to expand, to give 10,000 children the opportunity for pre-K and counting. And it's given us the opportunity, as I said, to, re, to restore our libraries, rec centers, and parks. Uh, and it's kept people from drinking more soda, uh, and, and that consumption has gone down. So it's been a win-win-win for everybody. I don't know, I mean, I, I don't know why the federal government decided to focus on the beverage tax. Um, you have to ask them. Um, but um, I thought it was a fair process. The vote was 14 to 3 in the end. So it was a pretty overwhelming majority of council people that agreed with it. And I do appreciate Bob Heenan's help with it. I mean, he was certainly extremely helpful in whipping votes uh, to, get, to get it done. Um, so, I mean, look, John, John and Bob uh, are in the situation that they're in. Uh, they're, they're not bad people. They've, they've done some good, a lot of good in their, in their careers and their lives, and they'll pay a price for what, for what happened. But, um, you know, I'm still, I'll still talk to them and still you know, wish them well. What do you think is going to happen politically in the city going forward with, um, I mean, Doherty was kind of a kingmaker. He, he certainly supported you. Who, who... Oh, he supported me, but we also had our feuds in the past. So, I mean, it's not a bit, a bit of total love fest. I mean, you have to understand, I, I grew up with him. I've known him for 60 plus years. Our families were friendly together by... My uh, my father was his sister's godfather. I mean, so I mean, we're it's it's there's a long term relationship there. Um, no no one is irreplaceable. Um, you know, there have been other political figures in the city that have either retired or gone away based on convictions. Uh, and life goes on, and there will be people in the labor movement that will fill that role. But when I'm gone, there will be another mayor. Um, there will be other elected officials that will fill roles. I um, mean, I think that's just the way of, way things are. The thing that I try to pay attention to is that when my time is up, my time is up. There are people in the city whose time has been up and refuse to go away. I think you need to understand when, it, when it's time to go away, move over and let other people younger than you lead. Uh, and I think that's, that's what I'm looking forward to when I'm, when I'm finished. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Pat Loeb. We'll have another episode out soon.